also start the, the Zoom recording as well. And thank you all for responding too. I'm glad everybody's doing pretty good. Hopefully, um, you know, nobody's sick or anything like that. But with that being said, let me go ahead and share the screen and then let me start the recording. And if you do know anyone that wants to join us today, you can feel free to have them um, or you can feel free to share the, um, the Zoom link. That's not a problem. So the recording has officially started and welcome everyone to the tax tips webinar. Today we'll be talking about some tax tips um, for 2021 tax season. Now, when we file for 2021, one thing to note is that we're we're basically, you know, when we file taxes for 2021, we're essentially filing for the 2020 tax year. So sometimes that can get a little confusing. So today we'll be talking through 2021 tax season tips. And then I'll also at the end, I'll save about five minutes to go through what you can do with your refund as well. Um, so just a few housekeeping. Um, it's always good to share this. Today, we're streaming live on Facebook, Instagram, and we're live on the Zoom. So if you guys don't see like a webinar, if you're on Facebook and Instagram, that's because our Zoom platform is the main platform. This is where we present the material. This is where you get a PowerPoint and everything like that. So one of the benefits of joining us on Zoom is that you get to actually see the PowerPoint and follow along. It is recorded. So the Zoom that we're doing today is recorded. The Facebook we're doing is recorded. Um, and the Instagram is also recorded. So all of it is recorded. And for those that are joining, welcome. A few housekeeping things. If you are not speaking, we do ask that you mute your mic, right? Because sometimes it can get a little distracting with the background noise and everything like that. So if you're not speaking, um, please um, always make sure you check your mute status on Zoom. It is, uh, you know, it's Zoom etiquette, basically. It's very important. I remember one time somebody forgot to turn off their um, their mic. Next thing you know, we hear a bunch of, um, you know, people running around in the background. We don't necessarily want that. So the moment you get on Zoom, mute yourself. As a matter of fact, I think Zoom has a, a feature where you can mute yourself automatically once you join. If you don't have that feature turned on for future meetings, I strongly recommend you do so. There's a few ways to ask questions. You can simply put in a chat box and I will be sure to get to it. Trust me, we will get to every question. And we do present for about, uh, let me actually get my timer here. We present until 1250. That's how the presentations usually go. And so once it hits 1250 central, I'll end the presentation and then I'll open up the floor for any questions. And that's where I'll be taking Zoom questions, um, Facebook, Instagram. For some reason, the reason why we save it for the end is because for some reason, Zoom, when you're sharing your screen now, you can't really see the questions, you can't really see the chat. Um, so that's why we save the questions for the end. So for Facebook and Instagram, I might be able to touch on the questions real quick, but just know that everybody's question will be answered by the end of this presentation. So here we go, tax time. What you need to know before filing. First of all, happy tax season. I would like to say that the tax deadline has not, I repeat, has not been extended, right? So that is something you do wanna keep in mind and that the tax deadline has not been extended. It is still April 15th. So if you're an individual or if you're a, um, a sole proprietor 
or you have a, a C corporation, basically your deadline is April 15th. If you're a partnership or S corporation, your deadline is March 15th. So one month before the April 15th deadline. It has not, I repeat, it has not been extended and it will most likely not be extended. So, you know, one thing I always recommend with taxes, get it done, get it done on time. In our firm, we actually set a hard deadline. We need documents 15 days, 15 days before the deadline if you want us to timely file your return by the due date. Now, you can always ask us for an extension and we'll file one for you on your behalf. We do need the request, right? We don't just file extensions automatically. Uh, we had an issue with the client um, last year, but we don't file extensions automatically. So if you don't hear the words extension, hey, file me an extension. We will not file the extension for you. We will send you reminders that we need the documents. It's getting close to the deadline. At this point, we can only do an extension. We'll tell you those things, but it is ultimately upon you to tell us physically, write the words, I need an extension. Um, I don't recommend extensions because they just delay the process even more. And a lot of us joining today are real estate investors and people who are in business, right? When you're, when you're that status, your tax returns need to get in as soon as you can. You know, I'll give you a prime example in our real estate company. We're actually in the process of, you know, looking at a nice piece of property, um, a multifamily on the south side of Chicago. One of the first things a lender asks, hey, has your 2020 tax returns been completed? Right, so they do wanna see your tax returns, get them done early. If you don't have all your documents, it's okay. Just let them know that you're waiting for stuff. But once you have everything, just go ahead and file. No need to sit around and wait. Oh, Uncle Sam, this and that. Just file it, right? You get until April 15th to pay the taxes. And even if you file an extension, the tax payment itself is still due April 15th. It's not due October 15th. Your payment itself is due April 15th. So the payment doesn't get extended. It's only the filing gets extended so that you avoid the late filing penalty, but not the late payment penalty. It is a commonly misconception. Um, you know, so it is very important to really be aware, be engaged. Just follow on time, trust me. You don't you don't want to smoke with the IRS. Um, we will help you where we can, but just know that they don't play around. Um, so with that, let me go ahead and share the agenda for today. Um, so the agenda is, first I'll give you guys an introduction of who I am and my purpose in life. Then we'll talk about the CARES Act. This is what led to basically a bunch of tax reforms in 2020. Um, and for those that are joining, let me just take some a quick second to reintroduce. Um, thank you guys for joining today. We're talking about 2021 tax season and refund tips. If you're just joining us, if you're on a Zoom, we do ask that you mute your mic so that it's not distracting or it's not, um, when you're not speaking basically, that you just mute yourself. It just saves from the background noise. Um, it's, it's just something, just a, a Zoom etiquette basically. And then for those on Facebook and Instagram, you can feel free to ask your question in the chat, in the chat box. Same thing for Zoom. If you have a question, just post it in the chat. I'll be sure to get to it. Um, we will say 10 minutes at the end. So 12.50 is the time. 12.50 Central is the time we'll be ending the presentation today. So we'll talk about the CARES Act, the $2 trillion package, first stimulus package that was passed. 
Then we'll talk about unemployment. So that's another big one right there. Um, then we'll talk about stimulus. This is a commonly, I mean, there's so much confusion around stimulus checks. Then retirement, and for my business owners out there, PPP, Paycheck Protection Program, EIDL, and what are the tax implications of that? And then other business provisions. So what are some other things that you can do? Um, it, there are complicated stuff, so I'll just mention it and we'll save it for a future webinar. And then at the end, 10 minutes or so, we'll save it for some Q&A. So feel free to ask any questions at any time. Be sure to, um, to get that answered for you. So with that, let's go to the next slide. So who am I? Uh, my name is Jeff Badu. I'm a licensed certified public accountant. I graduated from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign with a bachelor's and a master's degree in accounting. I'm a parallel entrepreneur and a wealth multiplier and the founder and CEO of Badu Enterprises LLC, which is a multinational conglomerate in the finance industry. What we do is we provide a suite of financial services, including our marquee company, which is Badu Tax Services LLC. And that's the tax firm that's also delivering this presentation today. That's the tax firm that does tax preparation, tax planning, and tax representation for individuals and businesses across all 50 states in the US. And we have clients in over 15 countries at the moment. Um, and now recently we've started offering stimulus package two services. So if you need PPP, EIDL, we do offer those services. It's a brand new service we just implemented last year, of course, due to COVID-19. Um, and it is a big, it's actually our number one service in the firm right now. It's insane, a brand new service all of a sudden becomes our number one service in the firm. On top of that, I am a real estate investor. I own Badu Investments LLC, and that's the real estate investment company that invests in multifamily rental properties, residential rental properties on the south side of Chicago. Currently, we control um, 73 units on the south side of Chicago, and they're all pretty much all multifamily. There are a few um, small single family homes in there, and we plan to, um, you know, um, to liquidate those within the next two years or so. Our focus really now is strictly multifamily, 10 plus unit buildings. And our goal is to stabilize the building, stabilize the communities and provide them with stable housing so that they can have a good place to live in exchange for cash flow. On top of that, I run the Badu Foundation and that's my financial literacy foundation that provides youth ages six through 18 and anybody who's experiencing homelessness who tend to be in the communities we invest in um, with financial literacy education. And we give out scholarships, stipends for the homeless, and we teach them how to go from homeless to being real estate investors, essentially. Um, so that's one thing about me. I'm very passionate about financial literacy. I kid you not, we've done 20 webinars so far this year. And we're only on February, what's today? Um, we're basically on February 4th, Thursday, February 4th today. And we've already done 20 webinars. I think this is our 21st one after double count. Um, so we do a lot of education. And when I say we, I mean myself and my team at the Badu Enterprises brand. I am the owner of the company, um, but we do have a team of 30 people in our tax firm. And overall within the enterprise, we have a team of over a hundred people. Um, that's to make sure we run everything smoothly. We also do run things like a life insurance brokerage, 
Um, so we do offer those services to our clients. Um, but the reason why I'm here to present today is because we're very passionate about financial literacy. We believe in educating our clients, educating our team. Some of our team members are here today. Joshua is on um, with us today. He's actually in Kenya. I don't even know what time it is right now in there. Hey, Joshua, if you can unmute yourself real quick. What time is it in Kenya right now? Wow, it's 9.17? Wow. Yeah, so 9.17 p.m. right now in Kenya. Um, so he's, uh, he's joining us all the way from Kenya. And he's a new team member. And he's, he, he's a super hungry individual. Which leads me to my purpose. And you can, you can mute yourself, Joshua. But if you do have any questions, you can feel free to let me know. Um, but one thing, so our purpose in life, my purpose and our purpose collectively is to inspire and support the super hungry, such as folks like Joshua, to take hold of infinite resources in order to create an abundant lifestyle. Let me repeat that one more time. My purpose in life is to inspire and support the super hungry to take hold of infinite resources in order to create an abundant lifestyle. One way we're doing that today is through the Stimulus Package 2, which leads us to the CARES Act, the first stimulus package. And that was passed on Friday, March 27, 2020, due to COVID-19, the most, one of the most disruptive things in the world. And when it first happened, I thought it was just going to be maybe a few months, you know, nothing too crazy. Next thing you know, we're still in the virus in 2020, 2021, February 4, 2021, we are still in a global pandemic, right? So you're talking about almost an entire 12 months of being in a pandemic. Who knows when this thing will end? So what happened was that the government released $2 trillion into the economy, $2 trillion emergency relief package known as the CARES Act, and that is a tax reform in itself. Now there was also the FFCRA, and that was another, that's the Family First Coronavirus Response Act. Um, that was another tax reform that provided payroll tax credits and incentives, six pay leave, and then a third tax reform was passed last year. And that was known as the, basically they call it the Economic Relief Act or the Omnibus you know, Bill. I always make fun of that name because it's not the sexiest in the world. Um, but let's just say the, the, the second stimulus package, the, um, the Economic Relief Act. And that was a $900 billion package that was literally passed while I was on vacation um, in December 2020. So a lot of the changes we'll be talking about today is about the CARES Act. And then it's also incorporating the omnibus, the, the Economic Relief Act that was passed in December of 2020. The first thing that changed is unemployment. Didn't really change. It's just we really want you to know this part. A lot of people collected unemployment last year and this year as well. One thing to note about unemployment, it is not tax free money. The amount is, I repeat, it is taxable in full and it's reported on the 1040 personal individual tax return. What you'll receive is a 1099-G form that will be sent by the state government department, such as the Illinois Department of Employment Security, IDES for short. Um, so they'll send you this form and you will have to use this to file your taxes. 
By the way, before you get the form, the IRS already has a copy. So don't even think about filing your return without the form. Any tax form that has the word tax on it goes to the IRS first, and then it comes to you. They stamp it in the transcript. They stamp it next to your name. So we don't want anybody to go to jail for tax evasion. So if you know you collected unemployment last year, it is required to be filed on your income tax return, your 1040. Right. And by the way, the tax season did get the, the start date did get extended to February 12th. The end date, the deadline is still April 15th, but the start date is next Friday. And we're actually doing another webinar, like just a quick webinar, like right before tax season starts next Thursday. Um, so it did start February. It, it starts February 12th. However, you can still file your taxes now. As a matter of fact, I believe in our firm, we've already submitted over 50 so far this year. I have to double check the number. Um, but you can still file right now. They just won't process it until April 15th. And for S-Corps and partnerships, yeah, they'll process those immediately. Um, so with that being said, let's see, we do have a quick question. Um, question is, but can you opt to have taxes taken out before for unemployment, correct? Yes, you can and you should. You can tell them, I want taxes to be taken out of my unemployment check, which is how you should do it, unless you really know what to do with money um, or you have a great investment strategy or something of that nature. And I'll teach you some of the things you can do with your tax refund, by the way, uh, for those that will be receiving refunds this year. So if you didn't have taxes taken out or even if you did, you still have to file this form on your tax return, your 1040. It increases your taxable income. So if you're looking to buy a home or anything like that, your adjusted gross income and your taxable income is increased by your unemployment compensation. One thing to notice, do not count it as business income. It's not business income, it is personal income. So don't put it on your Schedule C or your um, business profit and loss report that every business is required to have each year. You know, and in our firm, we do have templates available, but we typically recommend using QuickBooks to generate that information. So unemployment, fully taxable, gets reported on your tax return. Please do not forget to use this form when you file your taxes. In our firm, we use checklists. And at the very top, we say, please provide your unemployment form if you collected unemployment throughout the year. Next one is one of the more complicated ones, the stimulus. So to keep it brief, to keep it simple, there was a stimulus check of $1,200 for an individual, for single, and $2,400 for married. By the way, one of the best tax strategies in the world is to get married, right? That's not the reason I got married, per se, but it's a benefit, nonetheless. Your benefits basically double when you are a married individual, especially one who's filing jointly. The moment you file separately, they take away a lot of things. You're no longer eligible for a lot of the credits that's out there. So you got $1,200 for single, $2,400 for married, and then $500 for every child, dependent child that's under the age of 17. And then they released the package in December, additional $600 check that, gave, that came to you basically, basically um, $600 per each person that was in your household and dependent child that's under the age of 17. Now, here's a hint. Here's a secret. 
There's a third stimulus package coming soon, probably we pass next month. So there will be a third stimulus um, check, most likely in the amount of $1,400. There was a huge debate about the $2,000 check. So they basically split it up, said, hey, you'll get your 600 now, you know, which is the down payment. And then we'll give you the 1400 at a later time. Um, now there are phase outs. So if you, if your income was above 75,000, if you're single and above 150,000, if you're married or 112, 500, if you're head of household, then you ultimately could be you start phasing out basically. Now what happened, what happened if you did not get the check? I think this is a big confusing thing and I do want to provide a lot of clarity regarding this. There's one of three categories you might have fallen under. The first one was, is like, you were expecting a check, but you didn't get it in the mail. You moved, your bank account changed, the IRS sent it to the wrong bank, the bank got, um, they sent it back to the IRS, the IRS didn't know what to do with the money. So if you're in that category, the first thing you should do is to go to irs.gov, like immediately, go to the economic, um, basically go to the stimulus check section and see, basically punch in your information and see whether or not you were supposed to receive that check or whether or not they mailed it to you. They'll tell you, hey, we mailed you your check, right? We mailed it on this day or we sent it to this bank account and then these four digits. So if you see that and you didn't get it, you have to take action immediately. You have to contact the IRS to put a trace on that check. And yes, you physically have to contact them because if you try to file your taxes and you try to claim it, they'll deny it because in their mind, they sent it to you, right? They don't want anybody getting duplicate checks. So you have to contact the IRS, get a, a trace on the check so that they can either reissue you that same check or you can let them know, hey, IRS, I didn't get it, right? and put it on hold, I'll file my 2020 tax return and I'll claim it there. They'll add a note to the system. That way when they reconcile everything, when you file your taxes, they're not confused as to why you're trying to claim the check again, basically. Um, so if you were supposed to receive one and you have not received it yet, then you have to contact the IRS. This is not something you can do on a 2020 tax return. This is something you gotta settle with the IRS. Um, so that's very important. And by the way, every time you move or something changes, please notify the IRS. It's, it's a pretty simple step. You fill out an address change form. Um, that way they're not sending stuff to the wrong address or you update your 2020 tax return with your most updated address. So that's the first bucket. You were expecting it, but you didn't get it. The second bucket is you weren't eligible for it as of 2018 or 2019 tax return but you're eligible for the 2020 or on the 2020 tax return. In that case, you should file it at claim the recovery rebate on your 2020 tax return. Um, so you would basically say, hey, I didn't get the check, but now I qualify. So I'm claiming it as a tax credit, just like the earned income credit, the child tax credit, right? Those sort of credits. And then the third bucket, and by the way, if your check was stolen in the mail, you can do a trace on that too, so that they can um, they'll do like a quick, you know, they'll do a quick forensics check on that and they'll see who signed the check if it matches your signature. If it doesn't, then they'll basically reissue to you the check or tell you that you can claim it 
on your 2020 tax return. And then here's another one. What if a dependent was born in 2020? Well, there's no way you'd have gotten the full stimulus check then. You have to claim it on your 2020 tax return. Um, or what if you got it, but you weren't eligible? Maybe you were a college student. <laughs> and I had this happen a lot last year, but you were a college student and you didn't tell your parents that you wanted to file or basically that you filed as independent to get your stimulus check. So, and this year they're claiming you as a dependent. Well, you just got some free money right there because you can kind of double dip in here. The IRS, I feel, made a big mistake. But if you were not eligible in 2019 or if you got it last year and you weren't eligible, it's your money. Don't send it back. Just keep it. Right. And let's say that you're let's say now your parents are claiming you and now you're eligible. Well, they can claim you and get that check as well. <laughs> it's um, I think I think they made a massive mistake on this one. But hey. You got to read the code with the fine print. You will receive a notice 1444 to confirm how much you receive from the IRS from the first and the second round. So we do have a question. Let me see if I can read it. I never received my 2020 tax return. Um, I've, I filed with Jumpin' Jack Tax. Oh boy, there goes, <laughs> there goes a competitor. And that put, and that put it as on paper, um, but it still hasn't been sent out. I also filed for my stimulus check first, so that came first. Um, I, yeah, so the correction is 2019. So 2019, I would say, um, I would first check the IRS website, see what they're saying. You might also need to order a transcript and see what that's saying too. If you see a number on there that you didn't receive, then you just contact them. They'll reissue you the check, or you can tell them that you want them to put it on hold and you'll claim it on your 2020 tax return. So that's, it's, it's a pretty quick fix. Um, it's a lot of confusion with that, but it's a quick fix. And that's for the first and the second check. And the IRS does have a dedicated number for stimulus checks specifically. The next one is retirement. So um, this doesn't apply to a lot of people. Apparently a lot of people didn't take advantage of this. But basically, typically when you have a, um, when you have when you take out money from retirement then you can ultimately get you know you ultimately get penalized up to 10% if you're not age 59 and a half so if you just flat out took out the money then you typically would get penalized 10% plus this is the part a lot of people don't know is not just 10% is 10% plus your ordinary income tax rate if it was a, a traditional or pre-tax account so due to COVID-19, this is for 2020, money that was taken out in 2020. Due to COVID-19, you no longer had to pay that penalty up to $100,000 of distribution. Um, and then what you can do is you can spread. So usually you would have to pay taxes. So not only the penalty, there's two sides. The penalty on if you take out money from retirement, and then there's also taxes at your ordinary income tax rate. Well, now, thanks to um, COVID-19 provision, you no longer have to pay the penalty. And the taxes that would have been due, you can spread them over three years instead of paying them all in one year. And you will receive a 1099-R form for any retirement distribution. So please don't forget to include that on your tax return if you, did, if you took out money from retirement. 
So as you can see, the TurboTax and the, the H&R Blacks and all that, it might not be as easy this year. There's a lot of changes, a lot of changes, a lot of forms you're expecting in the mail. Forms that you might have never seen before, like the Notice 1444, or if you collected unemployment, the 1099G. If you took out from retirement, the 1099R. Um, if some, if a loan was forgiven, the 1099 cancellation of debt, you know, the OIC, they call it. Um, so that's, there's a lot of nuances with this stuff. It's not as easy as plugging in numbers nowadays. It's really knowing what forms go where and also what forms you're even going to receive, right? But at the top of the, 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 the PowerPoint is required minimum distributions. If you're over the age of 72, um, which a lot of our clients don't fall under, but I think it's good to mention this. Um, you typically have to be forced to take out money from retirement, but due to the required minimum distribution exemption, you no longer have to do that as of 2020. Um, you don't have to be forced to take out money. And then we have a comment here. Okay, I just didn't want them to think I'm double filing. Would, a 20, would the 1099G be sent by email? Yeah, so on on the unemployment portal, they allow you to download it. So the same place where you know you're you're um, recertifying and all that good stuff, you can download the form. They'll certainly mail it to you to the address that's on file, but they also have it available electronically. All right, so moving on now to my business owners, Paycheck Protection Program or PPP. And then EIDL, Economic Injury Disaster Loan. Yes, the two programs are still available right now. You can take advantage of it. And for those that have received it already, the amount received, whether it's a grant, whether it's a loan, whether it wasn't forgiven, whether it has been forgiven, is not taxable. And I repeat, it is not taxable. Please do not include this in your gross income. So on your profit and loss, you should not have EIDL, PPP, none of that on your profit and loss. Instead, if it hasn't been forgiven and it's a loan, then it goes on your balance sheet as a liability, as a notes payable, a long-term liability, basically. Um, so if you got the PPP, uh, which is the Paycheck Protection Program, the forgivable loan, the loan gets forgiven after 8 to 24 weeks, in some cases automatically, as long as you file the application. Um, you don't have to pay taxes on it. And then there's the EIDL loan, Economic Injury Disaster Loan. And then there's also the grant, EIDL grant. None of those are taxable. And whatever you spent the money on, you can deduct those on your tax return. So you're basically allowed to double dip here. They just flipped the script. They just ripped up the, um, they ripped up the rule book. And they said, you know what? Let's make up our own rules. Will allow the expenses to be fully deductible, even though you don't have to claim the income and it was free government money, basically. So please include whatever you spent the money on in your expenses, as long as it was already tax deductible. So, for example, meals, travel, um, you know, payroll, utilities, mortgage interest, whatever it was that you spent the money on, you still get to deduct it, even if you claimed it on, even if you don't have to pay taxes on it. Then the next one, these are other business provisions. So the first one is the, the payroll tax credit for retaining employees. So you can get a credit in 2020 as long as your revenue went down by 50% or more in a given quarter compared to 2019. 
And then it's um, basically, and this is W-2 employees only. This is not 1099 contractors. This is W-2s. Basically, the government is incentivizing you to keep your employees, and the credit is up to 50% of 10000 And yes, if you got PPP already, you don't qualify for this part, basically, or you can't use the same PPP wages for this. And I know today is about 2020, but for 2021, the credit is... 70% of 10,000 per employee per quarter. And there's only a 20% revenue drop required. So the IRS will literally hand you a check of $5,000 for retaining an employee that you paid up to $10,000, including the business owner, as long as they did not use the PPP wages towards this. And of course, your revenue has had to drop by 50% or more in a given quarter compared to 2019. And you do this through your payroll company, your payroll provider, and they basically amend the 941 in order to get you your, your credit. You can file a form 7200 to get an advance of the credit if the 941 hasn't been filed yet. And if the 941 has been filed, then you have to do a 941X amended so you can claim the refund. All right. And moving on, are grants taxable? No, most, most disaster grants are not taxable, whether federal or state, so no need to worry about that. Then, this is big, but it's, it's confusing to the point where I won't get too deep into it. Basically, let's say you lost money. Your business took a hit in 2020. And you basically were profitable in 2019 and 2018 and even 2017. You can use that loss... So let me give you the example. Let's say you lost $100,000 in 2020 because business was bad. Then in, in 2019, though, you had a profit of 50000 In 2018, you had a profit of 30000 And then in 2017, you had a profit of 20000 And you owed collectively $25,000 in taxes. Your tax liability for those three years were $25,000. Well, you can use the $100,000 loss to claim a refund on the prior years so that you can get back $25,000. It is a massive rule. A lender reached out to me last year. It was like, he's never heard of this stuff before. And I was like, yeah, it is out there. And so he was finding ways to even maneuver that for some of his clients. But if you lost money in 2020, you can go back in time and claim a tax refund for 2019, 2018, 2017. And then for my real estate investors out there, um, you can use what's called cost segregation to accelerate your depreciation deduction. Depreciation is an automatic tax write-off over 27 and a half years. Well, you can accelerate a lot of that upfront in the first year. And let's say you had gains in the past, well, you can use that to offset some stuff that happened in the past. So that was the last slide for the tax um, tips. We still got nine minutes of content. So with that, let me move into my presentation about what to do with your tax refund. Right? A lot of people will be getting tax refunds this year because 2020 wasn't such a great year for a lot of folks. So what are some things you can use the refund? First thing you can do is you can spend it. Right? Let me actually backtrack a bit. A tax refund is no more nothing more than you receiving a refund for taxes you've already paid to the government. So it's not like new money unless you have a child tax credit, the $2,000 child tax credit. 
the earned income credit, and then the American Opportunity Tax Credit for the college students, or the Economic Impact Payment Credit, the stimulus um, credit, basically, if you didn't get it. So unless you receive one of these four credits, a tax refund is nothing more than money you've already paid and they're refunding it back to you. So one thing you can do is you can basically spend the refund. That's what a lot of people do. They see shoes online that they like. They see a bunch of clothes. I mean, where are we even going nowadays? Um, but they see this stuff and they have a spending impulse. They get a, a huge lump sum of money and they feel like they need to get rid of it because they're not used to saving it. Like the, the mind is not trained to let's stay, let's save some of it. Let's save it for a rainy day. Or maybe let's get ready for that home that we're looking to buy. All right, so you could spend it, but I don't recommend you do this. If you have a spending issue, then what you can do is you can basically spend some of it, maybe let's say 25 to 50% of it, and then have a separate savings account where 50% of the money is going into. All right, so with the tax refund nowadays, you can divvy it up. You can say, hey, 50% goes into my savings account, other 50% goes into my checking account. I strongly recommend you do that because that's going to, that's going to get you disciplined. This is for those who aren't already disciplined with money. If you are disciplined with money, then go ahead and save and invest all of it, right? Maybe save half or get to your emergency fund. You need at least three to six months worth of expenses saved in order to be financially, um, basically in order to have some financial stability. So three to six months, if you spend $1,000 a month, make sure you have at least 3,000 saved somewhere. If, you haven't, if you're not there right now and you're getting a refund, max basically get to the 3,000 and then the rest go ahead and invest it. You can use it as a down payment for a home. I had a client who received a $40,000 tax refund two years ago and she bought an investment property with it. I mean, crazy, right? Crazy. She bought a four unit building with a $40,000 tax refund. Um, she used basically the 40,000 as a down payment. And of course, for my realtors that are listening today, there are low down payment assistance or down payment programs that's out there. You know, you can get a home with as little as three and a half percent. And in some cases, 0% down payment. Um, so refunds can make a big difference. So use it wisely. A lot of people will be getting refunds this year. Use it wisely. By the way, refunds won't be released until first week of March, most likely. I know that's going to disappoint a lot of people, but since the start date was extended, then basically it's um, the refunds are also delayed, unfortunately, because the IRS has a lot on their plate. They're understaffed. You know, they even have foreign um, call centers nowadays. So if you receive maybe um, somebody who might sound like they're, you know, they're based in India or um, you know, and basically like Mexico or something like that. That's what the IRS had to do. They, they were left with no choice. There are so many calls coming in that they had to do some outsourcing, um, for their calls. And yes, it is legal. It's okay. I know it doesn't go towards American principles of hiring our own people, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Um, question is, so does that mean the 1099G gives you taxes back that were taken out from unemployment or how does it work? Basically you're breaking even. If you took out the taxes, you're breaking even because unemployment is taxed at your full tax rate. 
So if you took out taxes, then you most likely took out just enough to cover the tax due on that income. So you shouldn't be expecting a refund from unemployment. Um, you might, right? You might get a refund if you get the um, American Opportunity Tax Credit, Child Tax Credit, you know, Earned Income Credit, or the Stimulus, the Economic Impact Payment Credit. So those are the four credits. And then there are other credits out there, but those are like the four main ones nowadays. So it looks like we're at 1046 and we actually ended the content early. Let me go ahead and go into the questions. Let me start with the ones that we received first. And Asa said, all is well in my world. Pray you're doing awesome, Jeff. You're a rock star. Absolutely appreciate it, Asa. And then Jenna says, um, I apologize, I just muted my mic. Yeah, no problem, no worries. And then Kay said, but how do I know if I owe taxes or not to 415 if I need an extension? That's a great question. They're basically telling you you should not file an extension. Um, that's what they're pretty much saying there and that you have to predict. So throughout the year, you should be making estimated tax payments based upon your net profit. So what you can do is you can make an estimated tax payment either as a one-time payment or you can basically make it as throughout the year. You should be making estimated tax payments throughout the year, you know, but ultimately what it might come to is that they want you to make that payment by April 15th by making an estimate, a projection. My advice, do not file an extension. Just get it done, get it out the way. Don't let it be something that burdens you. Um, and then we have another question. I know someone who's received a refund around 10K. What do you suggest they do with that refund? <laughs> um, first of all, they need to see what their budget is looking like. Are there any, um, have they met their savings goal? Right? In the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, they said, pay yourself first. I'm a big believer in that too. So look at your savings account and make sure that you've beefed it up. So if you spend 2,000 a month, on expenses, you need to have at least 6,000 saved. If you only got 1,000 saved, well that 5,000 of the $10,000 refund needs to go into a savings account. And then the rest invested. Yeah, you can buy some stocks. I mean, the stock market is pretty hot. I believe we're up today, which is good. Last week we were pretty down, but hey, it's ups and downs. Um, S&P 500 ended up pretty good last year. S&P 500 is composed of the top 500 companies in the US. You know, you might wanna get a tech stock like Tesla, Microsoft, Apple, um, Amazon, Google, Facebook. These are all great companies. They went up over 40% last year, even during a pandemic. So these are pretty rock solid, secure and safe companies. Um, so I do recommend that you take advantage of that. By the way, if you do need tax services, we are here to help. So if you need tax preparation, if you need tax planning, tax representation, whatever it is, you feel free to reach out. Um, number is 773-819-5675. Once again, 773-819-5675. That is our office number. So if you call, you know, a nice young lady will pick up and be able to answer or direct your question the right way. Um, and then also, with that too, you can email us at support at badutaxservices.com. Once again, support, S-U-P-P-O-R-T, at badu, B-A-D-U, taxservices.com. 
and we'll be sure to answer your question. Uh, we have a team, remember, we have a team of 30 now. So we do have a pretty, you know, pretty good force on our back um, just because we need it. There's a lot of people that need tax help right now. It's not as simple as going on TurboTax anymore. A lot of forms, a lot of confusion. How do I get stimulus check? How do I do unemployment? PPP, is it taxable? Is it not taxable? I mean, there's so much that can bog your brain that it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. Leave it to the experts. And when I say expert, I mean somebody who knows what they're doing. And then, so let's go into as, I'm a first time PPP applicant. Can I use the payroll allocation to pay back pay? Um, not that I'm aware of. It sounds like you have to basically be like you have to be, you have to have paid it in order to use it towards um, the payroll calculation. Then another question is, what if the ex-wife received the stimulus to cover back child support? Do we still claim it? That's a fabulous question. So unfortunately, let me not get political, but let's just say if you owe child support, your stimulus was snatched basically. Right? At least the first one. The second one, they claim that you don't get it snatched. But if it's snatched, it's gone. It's done, right? Just like if you owe somebody, if you owe like a bill, like student loans, you owe the government, back taxes and all that, they're snatching it. You can't claim that, unfortunately, because it's money that should have been paid anyway. Now, the second stimulus check, you can fight for that one because technically they're not supposed to take that one. Um, so it is something to be cautious of you know, when it comes to that. So we can feel, you can feel free to reach out after the call. We can talk more about that. But just know the first stimulus check, if child support snatched it, it's gone. Um, the second stimulus check, that one you can fight a little bit. And then we have a question. When can we expect 1099G? Um, it should be in the mail by now. Um, a lot of my clients have already received theirs and we've been, we've actually, we submitted a few returns last year where the 1099Gs came in on Monday this Monday. So they're starting to come in, right? The moment we start getting calls about stuff, that's when we know the forms are starting to come in. And then question is, they said they, let's say they snatched my for student loans on my second one, okay. So they that one I, I'm not 100% sure about, but yeah, if you owe student loans, back pay and all that, they could snatch it. Um, tax preparer said it will be included in the tax return. It could be, but they could. I would say, here, here's my advice for everybody today, like to avoid any confusion, any nuance, any, any like sort of delays in your money, go to irs.gov, check out the economic impact payment section, the stimulus check section, just fill in the information, click the box and see how much you were supposed to receive, where it end up, ended up going. And then also order a tax transcript to make sure you have all your forms in our firm this year, we got pretty in-depth with the checklist for those that have seen it. Uh, we ask about unemployment. We ask about stimulus. We ask about PPP. We ask about EIDL. Did you take away from retirement? Right? Did you get your stimulus check? So there's a lot of questions that we're asking this year. So to, uh, to resolve a lot of that, just get a transcript and see who submitted forms on your behalf, especially if you've moved. If you move, you really got to get a transcript. It's very important. Or the IRS will hold up your return because of a mismatch in their system. And that's going to make you pretty angry. Question. I filed taxes late one year. I've sent them my paperwork twice. 
Um, DC has received it and the IRS still has not received it. How do I resolve? Um, if you can reach out to them and see what they have, of, you know, in the system, I think that would be great. And, you know, if not, we might just have to do a refiling on that. And then let's see, website, it's irs.gov. So it's the IRS website, basically. All right, so how do I know the PPP funds are forgiven? It, I mean, it is, basically. If you're a Schedule C, like if you're a sole proprietor, it's automatic forgiveness. Once you get it, you just apply, it's automatically forgiven. If you're an S-Corp or C-Corp, you just have to run a payroll for at least the amount you received within 8 to 24 weeks, and it gets forgiven when, on the back end. So it's very, very easy. No gimmicks, no schemes. It's, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, for going back for NOL, do you include in your 2020 return or do you have to amend? Yeah, you would want to amend um, the prior year returns. And that is something we can assist you with. Have the EIDL grants for businesses in low-income community areas live yet? I received a thousand grand initially, but haven't heard from the SBA. Yes, they're sending out the emails starting last Monday, this past Monday. So you'll get an email and there's some very specific steps to getting that money. I'm a first-time PPP applicant. Can I use payroll allocation? Uh, you can. Okay, no worries. Never mind. 1099G is available on IDES. So there you go. Somebody who took action right away went on IDES website and found their 1099G. So it is available. Very informative. I have to leave. Thank you again. Absolutely. No problem. All right. <laughs> Mindset. All right. So let's... um. Got another question. What is your take on GameStop? The Robinhood CEO came out and I heard that um, on Clubhouse with Elon Musk. Shout out to Elon, the wealthiest man on the planet, to say there was a glitch in their system, um, which is why they had to, my bad, I'm reading sideways right now. They had to shut it down pretty much, but I don't buy that. I mean, I don't, I don't like to get political. They do whatever they want. As long as, as long as I'm making my money, as long as you can make your money, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Um, I don't believe in speculating stocks. It is one of the worst strategies on the planet, in my opinion, because it's basically a full-time job. So that's something that I typically don't recommend doing. But if you're skilled in it and you can make money, go ahead and do it. Just get ready for Uncle Sam to hit you hard unless you reinvest the money into something like real estate. So for me, I don't speculate. So Robinhood, GameStop, I didn't get into the GameStop you know, craziness. I got out. I didn't even put myself in. Um, I stuck to what I know best, which is long-term investing in my technology stocks, in my real estate portfolio. That's what I know best, so that's what I invest in. I don't do short-term, oh yeah, let's make a quick buck with GameStop. GameStop, I believe, was down like 30% already this week. So if you don't have the, the, the appetite, the tolerance for loss, absolutely don't even bother. Penny stocks, same thing, right? If you, Now, if you do, if you love, if you love risk, oh yeah, go do it. If you have a great appetite for risk, then do it. For me, I've been there before, you know. I've had flips that almost shut down on me and almost made me bankrupt, right? So I'm not even, not at all, but to each his own. So take that advice um, as you see it. Is the EIDL forgiven? So the, the grant 
is not payable nor taxable, but the loan is not forgiven, at least not yet. They may forgive it, but it's not yet. Um, okay, question is, what is your take on, I believe is it HSA, health savings account? I love HSAs, if that's what you're referring to. The HSA is beautiful. It's, a, it's an awesome tool. It allows you to get triple tax benefits. You put in the money, you get a tax deduction. You know, thirty-five, fifty if you're single, seventy-one hundred if you're married. Remember, one of the benefits of marriage is you get double the tax benefits. Um, so I love it. Pre-tax contribution, money grows tax-free, and you don't have to pay taxes when you take the money out. Preferably in retirement. With that being said, let's just maybe do maybe two, one more question um, before we end for today. Let's do one more question. And for those that tune in, thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully you gained some knowledge and some, some value out of this. Um, this is recorded, so it will be posted. If you're on Facebook, it's on Facebook. If, if you're on Instagram, it's on Instagram. If you're on Zoom, we post it on the YouTube channel, essentially. Um, so one more question, just one more question. You guys have asked some great questions today. So it doesn't sound like we have anything. So with that, let me actually leave my contact information on the screen for those that don't have it. So the email, you can email either myself directly at jb at badutaxservices.com or you can call the office at 819-5, I'm sorry, 773-819-5675. Um, 773-819-5675. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, so with that being said, I do thank you all for joining us today. And with that, let me go ahead and stop the recording. And I hope you all have a good night. Thank you, guys.